Welcome back to the 1A mini-series on fear. In this episode, Pastor Squires begins to discuss how we can practically combat our fears with the truths of the gospel. Also of note is that this is a two-part episode, and if you like what you hear today, you can tune back in next Monday, March 30th. Then, Pastor Squires will share six ways in which we can massage the truths of the gospel into our lives during these fearful days. If you have any comments or would like to ask Pastor Squires a question about something he's mentioned in this series, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can find his contact info on our website at firstpresscolumbia.org, or you can email our podcast directly by emailing podcast at firstpresscolumbia.org. That's podcast at firstpresscolumbia.org. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome back to 1A and to our special edition as we look at the issue of fear. We're going to look at what we do to actually combat fear. But if you missed either of our other two episodes, I would encourage you to go and listen to those first. In the first episode, We talked about what it was that we thought about fear in the first place, which allows us to begin to access fear in ourselves. And then secondly, we talked about what fear was, the confusion behind whether or not it was mainly a thought or mainly a feeling, and therefore how it was that we treated fear. And we said that it was mainly a feeling, but that it was a feeling fed by beliefs and thoughts. And so that's where we pick up now. So I think the first thing to say is that faith is the antidote to fear. And so part of what we want to do is we want to stoke the fires of faith in our hearts. Actually, that's what times like this do, is they help us. They give us the ability to exercise faith and to increase our faith. Romans 5 tells us that it's suffering that ultimately leads to hope. Suffering is the thing that causes us to throw ourselves upon the hope of the Lord and therefore increases that hope, a sort of tested hope, a hope that can't be put to shame. Well, in these seasons of fear, it is the same for faith. It allows us to take the gospel promises, apply it to our heart, and see the increase of faith. Actually, there is a researcher who has written an entire book about the idea of us being anti-fragile. The book itself is okay. It can be a little bit dense, and the author himself, it's not always family-friendly sort of language. But the concept is this, that as humans, keep in mind, he's not even looking at this from a theological perspective. He's just looking at it from a psychological, economical perspective, really, that as humans, we are designed to be stressed, that just like muscles and bones strengthen when they are put under stress, that's why you go to the gym humans strengthen. That is, they become stronger, more resilient when they are under stress. So right now, if you are under the belief, if you have the faith that in this moment, this time of fear, all it's going to do is weaken you. All it's going to do is leave you on the other side with PTSD of a constant fear of germs and going outside and being around people. It's going to leave you weaker. But if you have the faith that the Lord is using this for the good of those who love him, that he's going to use this in order that you and I might be stronger, exactly what that researcher is telling us, then 
you don't exactly look forward to this particular place and time, but you look forward to the results. It's kind of like going to the gym. You don't necessarily look forward to the actual exercises and to the weightlifting. Actually, I have no idea whether or not you look forward to those things. I've, I've never really even been to a gym. But my sense is, is that you don't look forward to the pain unless there's something wrong with you. You look forward to the results. Well, we are in the midst of one of those seasons right now. And the goal on the outside of this, when we're on the other side, is to have a stronger faith. That's the muscle. That's that's the strengthened bone that we're looking for, is an increased faith. So the first thing is that we need to know what exactly it is that we're afraid of. Fear helps us to understand what we treasure. And so being able to get to the center of that, and it might be multiple things. So in this moment, let me suggest a couple. It might be control. Maybe you're afraid because you're beginning to recognize that you are out of control when it comes to your life and the life of your friends and family. Maybe you've been able uh, to have the belief for your life that you were largely in control. Actually, what scripture tells us is that there are two twin truths. One is that God is in control, and the second is, is that we're responsible. It never tells us that we're in control. That's a lie. So now is the time to begin. If that is the treasure in your heart, is that you want to be in control, the way that you increase faith is that you begin to apply the promises of God's sovereignty to your life. The one who's actually in control, who actually put all things together and in motion, and who knew that all of this was going to happen before the foundation of the world. And he knows how it will all end. And actually, you know how this is going to end, too. Maybe not in its particulars, but you know that this is going to end with you and I in the immediate presence of Jesus. Isn't that what Paul is trying to tell us when he talks about to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's to be in the immediate presence of Jesus. To be absent the body is to be present with the Lord. And for all believers, that's exactly where we're going. So again, we don't know exactly where this moment in time with this particular virus might head, but we do know where we're headed and what that trajectory is. And we know the person who's in control, who can make sure that all of those promises actually come to pass. So if control is one of the things that you treasure, and if I dare say an idol for you, then it's time to begin chopping that idol down. And you chop that idol down with scriptures that remind you of God's sovereignty and God's goodness, his trustworthiness and his mercy. Let me say that now is the time to begin culling some of these scriptures. So we're going to talk about a number of these idols, and you want to go through scripture, and you want to find a cluster of scriptures that you can meditate on, that you can think through, that you can pray through. And we'll talk about some of the ways that you can massage those scriptures into the kind of nooks and crannies of life. But that's what you're trying to do. So that again, when we're on the other side of this, if it's a month from now, three months from now, 18 months from now, instead of being weaker, we find ourselves stronger. So, is it control? Is that the idol that you're struggling with? Is it your health? Now, again, health is a good thing. You shouldn't be sad or upset if you are afraid of not having good health. We were designed to be in perfect health in the garden. 
with the immediate presence of God himself. When we were given all things that were good and pleasing to eat, we were meant to be perfectly healthy. And when we are unhealthy, it is a sign of sin and the fallen world, and it grieves our soul. So I'm not telling you not to be sad or upset when you see or think about ill health for you or for a loved one. But if that is the thing that controls you, is the idea that I couldn't make it through if something happened to my health, if all of a sudden I weren't perfectly healthy, I wouldn't be happy, I wouldn't be satisfied, well, now it's time for you to meditate on what it means to be a worker for the kingdom. That workers for the kingdom don't have to be perfectly healthy. Take me, for instance. I can't tell you how many different things I have wrong with me. Type 1 diabetic and lung disease and sleeping disorders and all kinds of stuff that go on with me. And I have no idea why it is that I have all the issues that I do, but I do. And I mean, the Lord has used me, and, and I'm glad that people don't think of me as that sort of person. Like, they don't, they don't think about those ways in which I'm not healthy first. They think about the ways in which I serve them as their pastor, as their friend, as someone who loves them dearly. And that's important to me. And so the idol of our health, again, it's, it's tough. Believe me, I know, it is tough not to be healthy. And it's tough to watch people who are healthy and they go along and, and they don't even think about the fact that they're healthy. But you know what? Again, God uses it. And I am, again, an example of that. The Lord has used the lack of health for me to trust him more and to love glory more. That would be the scriptures that I would encourage you to go and find are scriptures on glory to remind you that there is a place to which you are going where there is no disease, where all people are perfectly healthy. They don't have to worry about death or sin or the effects of the fall anymore. And again, that begins to chop down that idol, at least to a certain extent, of the fear of lack of health. Another one, maybe it's about the lack of wealth. In this moment in time, we're seeing the markets just be devastated and People are worried, rightfully so, retirement accounts and other accounts and businesses. And again, I'm not telling you not to be concerned. It will certainly have its effect and require adjustments. However, worldly wealth, it's fleeting. That's Jesus's sentiment again and again and again, is that genuine wealth is wealth that's focused on the kingdom. Treasure, true treasure is treasure where Moth can't destroy, and flames can't destroy, and a robber can't come in and take it away. So meditating on scriptures that remind us of what wealth is meant to do. One of my favorite John Piper quotes here, that money is simply missions fuel. So we've got a little bit less of missions fuel out there, but mission will continue. And actually, this is a great opportunity to show our neighbors in a country that really has become deaf to the Christian message what it looks like to be resilient Christians in the midst of this crisis. And so maybe we don't need the money for missions fuel right now. We just need the witness for missions fuel. So just reminding ourselves what wealth is really meant to do. Uh, and it's not meant to make us comfortable. It's meant to bring glory and honor to the Lord, both in its abundance and in its lack. Again, why Paul can tell you that he rejoices regardless of those two things. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that fear points to your treasure. Fear points to something that you really, really value highly. 
And you need to be able to look at that thing and then find out why it is that it's so precious, whether or not it's so precious as to take the place of the Lord and his promises. And the degree that it does, because we're all sinful and it does for all of us to an extent, it's time to start massaging those gospel truths and promises into your life. Okay, well, how do you do that? That's easier said than done. Well, in our next episode, we'll talk about six ways that you can massage gospel truths into your life. I hope that this series on fear has been helpful for you. Feel free to contact me if there's anything that I can be doing for you. You can find me on our website, which is www.firstprezcolumbia.org, and email me there. And until next time, God bless.